A couple travels to Sweden to visit a rural hometown's fabled midsummer festival. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. Why, hello. I didn't see you there. You interrupted me working. Let me put these bloody tools away. Welcome to Law and Horror. I'm your host, Jeanette. In a horror movie, my strategy would be hiding until I'm forgotten. And I'm your other host, Julie. In a horror movie, I would die investigating the strange sound. Um, so yeah, so how's, how's your week been? You got any fun news? Oh, well, I did look up... What's going on with American Horror Story? Just on a whim, I was like, huh, I wonder if season 10's theme has been announced yet. So we don't have a theme for season 10 yet, but we do know that Sarah Paulson, Evan Peters, and Kathy Bates are going to both be back, which is exciting because you might recall that they weren't in the last season. You're right. Yeah, so I, I'm glad. I was a little afraid. As much as I love Emma Roberts and mm-hmm. Billy, I can't remember what her last name is, Carrie Lord. Fisher's daughter. Billy Lord. Yeah, as much as I love both of them, I miss Sarah Paulson. Yes, I totally agree. I do have to admit, though, that last season of American Horror Story may have been my favorite. You're ridiculous. <laughs> I just freaking love, like, camp slasher craziness. I don't know. It was just, it was just a ton of fun. It was but really I agree. fun. You can't have American Horror Story without Sarah Paulson. Yeah, absolutely. Or Evan Peters, for that matter. Or Evan Peters. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He wasn't in it either. Yeah, exactly. I also learned that Macaulay Culkin is going to be in the new season. Oh, has he been in stuff? Has he been doing stuff at all? I have no idea. And I don't know how big his role is going to be. Like, I don't know if it's going to be, like, season five Lady Gaga or season six Lady Gaga. Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't know. uh, Or if it's going to be that he's going to pop up for a cameo. I'm not quite sure. And then Rubber Man is going to be returning, which I'm not thrilled about. Mm -mm. So Nope. Nope, nope. And thank you. That's all I know for now, but that's the American Horror Story news. Do you want to introduce the film we're doing today? Yes, I do. Just let me navigate to the right page. <laughs> oh yeah, you're totally fine. And and while you're getting there, I had to I had to cheat and ask you how we even pronounce the title because I've been saying Midsommar. Which might be the proper pronunciation. I'm just going to say Midsummer because I'm not a nerd. Yeah, I'm going to try to say Midsummer, but I might waffle because of the initial way my brain recorded it. And <laughs> I meant to look up like some uh, some interviews to see how they pronounce the name, but I got distracted. Yeah, I mean, we have real jobs and whatever, but yeah. So yeah, so we're doing Midsummer. I almost said Midsummer because of you. Midsummer <laughs> came out just last year. It, the writer is Ari Aster, who also is the writer-director of Hereditary and the writer-director of this movie. And it stars Florence Pugh, Jack Raynor, Wilhelm Blogren. Mm-hmm. It just sounds good. I know. He was sexy, too. Anyway, William Jackson Harper and Will Poulter. All right. So, yeah. And, and if if you're wondering how to keep the movie characters straight. Um, I I cheated and I wrote down a little bit that Christian 
is the douche boyfriend. <laughs> Josh is, I wrote, aka Cheaty from yep. The Good Place. <laughs> I'm probably going to call him Cheaty at least once in this episode. Oh, yeah. Me too. And I, that's that's how I know him. And he kind of plays a similar, like, nerdy-ish type character. Yeah. Um, Mark is aka Eyebrows. I... It's a good actor, but he just, his face, it's too stretched It's on a the punchable face. He has a very it, punchable face. Yeah, it's, it's, it's distracting. Um, and then Pele is AKA the Swede. I'm going to call him <laughs> Wilhelm. Cause I think Wilhelm. <laughs> Sounds more like a Viking. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. What is our, what is our scoring metric this week, Julie? Are you going to do a summary? Nope. You're nope. not. Nope. Didn't, didn't prepare one. Don't want to talk about this movie more than I have to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then I'm leaving all of this in so, <laughs> so everybody knows that this is why we're not doing a summary. <laughs> I can also record one separately, but like I went to write one and I was just like, no, it's too soon. It's too soon. I'm good. <laughs> <Too soon. laughs> well, like, I don't think I could explain this movie. Like, uh, Danny is the leading lady. Let's just let's just we'll just improv but, it. Yeah, okay. let's improv it. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> I'm sweating, and there's another airplane flying okay. by. Jesus. So, okay, a bunch of Americans. No, mm-hmm. we don't start there. Okay, so <laughs> there's Danny. Danny's sister is apparently bipolar, and mm-hmm. her sister murders her parents and herself in a in a wickedly upsetting, visually powerful scene. Yep. Uh, she like leaks carbon monoxide into the house and she tapes like a hose to her face and there's vomit around the hose and it's wild. And Mm -hmm. so Danny's distraught. Danny's destroyed. Danny's got an asshole boyfriend, Christian. Christian's got a douchebag. He is classic, like just douchey gaslighting asshole motherfucker. I think our improv in the summary is just going to turn into our discussion. So let's go ahead and give our scores. Okay. You start. No, you start. <gasps> Fine. All right. I gave it two. <laughs> a generous two out of five flower crowns. I really <laughs> like that metric. Um, because although I can appreciate that this film has a lot of layers and depth and symbolism... It's not something I necessarily want or desire. For a while, I felt like I was enjoying it. It felt a little bit like Get Out, where you know something must be wrong, but you're just not quite sure what it is yet. Mm, and then by the really time you comparison. do figure it out, it's too late. But honestly, it was extremely graphic. And then towards the end, this is going to make me sound like such a nerd, with all the like drug tripping that was happening and then the the visual pulsing and distortions i just got nauseous and dizzy and by the end i was just kind of numb and ready for it to be over that's that's fair um i i really struggled with my rating of the movie and that's one of the reasons why i wanted to hear yours first because i think that this is honestly a very beautiful movie and it's an incredibly well-made movie. And the mm-hmm. acting is so good in this movie. So good. So yep. good. Um, so there's a part of me that wants to give it a four out of five mm-hmm. flower crowns. Yeah. At the same time, 
I kind of hate this movie. Like, <laughs> this is not a fun movie to watch. It makes me sick to my stomach. Like, even when yes. I started it and I'm waiting for the scene, because I had seen this movie before, and I'm yeah. waiting. I know that the moment is coming when Danny's going to learn that her entire family has been murdered, and I <sighs> felt the dread that I felt inside. But then again, that's what you should feel while watching a horror movie. It's not a failure of right. the movie that I felt dread throughout the movie. That's actually actually a success of the movie. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. So I was debating between giving it three or five. I'm going to – or excuse me, three or four mm-hmm. out of five. I'm, I'm going to give it four because I think it's a well-made yeah. movie, but it loses a point because I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think that's such a good uh, such a good point to make is because I'm obviously – I just saw it recently, so I'm still like – this movie sticks with you and I'm still processing. Like as soon as I finished it, I was like one out of five. Fuck you, Julie. One out of five. (laughs) And then then I had to go and I was digesting it and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I still, I still am kind of like wanting to learn more about it and, and rewatch certain scenes. Happy to skip plenty of other scenes. (laughs) And, and yeah, I think you're exactly right. It does all the things a good horror movie should do. Um, but I didn't like that it did that to me. I didn't like it. <laughs> do, do you understand why in the last episode I was like, my my review of the film from the first time I watched it was just, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck? <laughs> I would also like to point out that I am here for you as your community, and I'm willing to share in this fucked up movie with you, okay? Yeah. Just like the community is for Danny, I am here for you. <laughs> Are you going to wail with me about it? I feel like we probably both wailed at the same scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a lot to digest. But but you're right. I, I have to it just it's fucking it's both good and terrible at the same time. It's both. <sighs> it's existing on both planes simultaneously for me right now. Well, uh, let's just fucking go through this. Like, how did you <sighs> handle Danny's parents' deaths? Ugh, and her okay. sister. Yeah, that one, um, it was it was trippy. I had to text you because when I was first watching it, everything was very dark, so I wasn't quite following, so I actually had to restart it once I, um, like, turned out the lights. Awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then got a better visual. Um, so I don't know a ton about monoxide poisoning. So when her parents, when when they revealed that her parents were murdered, at first I thought maybe it was some type of suicide, and then it was like, oh no, like their bedroom door was taped on the outside, and the carbon monoxide was pushed in. I thought at first that her sister may have died, and then the parents were just sleeping through it, and then anyways. Um, so I thought in a good way that the parents' death was maybe... Uh, peaceful. Oh, it was incredibly peaceful. They didn't even know what was happening. Okay. So that part I didn't feel as horrible about. It was then following the tube to the sister. And the eyes wide open. Oh, oh my God. Oh, it was, it was that. It was a very striking image to and right, sort of leave you with. Oh, that's why, that's why when you messaged me and was like, am I supposed to be able to see what's happening? I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, yes. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Because at first, like, even when she's calling her parents in the beginning, I was like, I can't really see what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. I need my glasses. Yeah. it. This movie really takes you from zero to 60, as, as mm-hmm. a lot of horror movies do in a really good way. Yeah. But it takes – this one does a really fantastic job of taking you in a really – 
unexpected direction in a really deep way. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So what did you think of the of the parents and the sisters? Oh, deaths? that was so shocking to me the first time I watched it. Because I thought when it panned over the parents, I honestly mm-hmm. thought that they were just asleep. Yeah. Like, it didn't even occur to me that they were dead. Mm-hmm. Same. I, so I was I was pretty shook. And then I was like, oh, okay, we're here already. <laughs> and then yeah. you just, like, and even the reveal of it, they don't immediately reveal the bodies. They reveal no. it by having Danny call her asshole boyfriend who was just chatting with his friends about how he should break up with her. But he didn't want to break up with her in case he wanted to get back together with her. <laughs> Interestingly <sighs> enough, my second time through it, I'm a little bit more sympathetic towards Christian. We'll get into that in a minute. But okay. they reveal the parents' deaths. By Danny calling him and just wailing into the phone. It is it is chilling, mm-hmm. this, the cries that she is making. That was actually the thing I dreaded more on the rewatch, was not seeing that upsetting visual of the dead sister, but it was Danny's wail. Like, I was like, oh, she's going to start screaming now. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And, I mean, as soon as he answers the phone and that's what you hear, you know. Yeah. It's, you You just know. Absolutely. Oh. Yep. And so then mm. um, he kind of comforts Danny, the boyfriend does, Christian. Yeah. And, but like, f- kind of fast forwarding, uh, Danny finds out at a party hmm. that he is planning. Apparently, these are all grad students, too, by the way. I did not catch that. Like, I mean, I, I know that that's what happened because they start pissing on each other about their thesis topic. Uh-huh. But I was just kind of like, oh, Christian, you, you're in college? You're in grad school? Like, I did not catch that. <laughs> the college, I believed, because every Joe Schmo can go to college these days. The grad school caught me off guard because the only one of them that seemed academic. I mean, Danny, we didn't really get any kind of idea about what her like right. academic life was like. I think that she said that she was studying psychiatry. Oh, yeah. But, like, there, there was no, like, I'm an academic vibe from any of these people except for Cheedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Josh. (laughs) No, no, I'm with you. Cheaty. (laughs) Yeah. And just, I don't know. That that was a struggle for me, too. I think it was just that the the director probably wanted to make them older. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, you know. I guess I don't actually have that much to say on that topic. No, I mean, it just, it's it's one of those things that just kind of gets, it's kind of slipped in there. And it just, it's not in my original impression of the characters. And just that opening sequence with Danny and Christian, I mean, they do not shy away from establishing very quickly this is a toxic relationship. You know, that might actually be the most upsetting scene in the film for me. Or maybe mm. upsetting's not the right word. Um, cringiest scene in the movie for me mm. is when they're having... So what happens is Danny finds out at a party that Christian and all of his friends, his bros are <laughs> going to Sweden for a month. And Christian just didn't tell her. Cause yeah. They're leaving in like a week or two weeks or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he just hadn't told her. So there Danny's like trying to have a conversation with him about it in her apartment. And she's being incredibly reasonable. She's saying like, I'm not mad that you're going to Sweden. I want you to go. I'm happy for you. I'm mad that you didn't tell me. And his response is, sorry shrug mm-hmm. and danny's just like you don't sound sorry and he's like i should just leave <laughs> yeah yeah it's like that rubber banding like she tries to 
bring him in and she's pulling and pulling and pulling and all that's happening is he's now going in the other direction he's pulling away from her Mm -hmm. and it's it's so uncomfortable because she she switches from being genuinely upset whether you whether you would be upset or not it's totally up to you but she's upset him dismissing i I I would be upset hells yeah i would too i would be upset about the not telling not the going just like Danny said that she was and then it switches to i'm so sorry can we just talk about this like please don't leave please don't leave let's just sit down and talk just sit down and talk with me and it's so gut-wrenching because i don't know if it's i don't know if it's because it's relatable necessarily it's just it's so human and so understandable i guess just how easily she's caught up in this well i think in our younger years we've all been in that relationship where it just things just weren't right but you also didn't want to let the relationship go and so when people did those little passive aggressive Mm -hmm. manipulative things like oh i'm just gonna leave and then Danny ended up apologizing, even though Danny hadn't done anything wrong except ask him to talk to her. To kind of switch gears, though, mm-hmm. and look at this from Christian's perspective, which mm-hmm. is hard because Christian's a douche. Yep. But to be completely fair, let's let's do some devil's advocacy here. Okay. So we're looking at this from Christian's point of view. He's sitting in a bar with his friends, and he's dating this girl that he likes, but he's not really in love with. And he doesn't really know what to do because he does like her. He likes hanging out with her. He probably likes having sex with her. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she has a lot of heavy shit going on in her life. And he just can't deal with it because he's not in love with her. Like, and he probably isn't succinct enough to put it in that perspective. But that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. So he's debating on breaking up with her. I don't I don't know about you, but I've, I've dated around the block. <laughs> and I've dated, I've dated a few people. I've never, I don't think I've ever been in a relationship with somebody like this, but I've dated a few people where I've been like, oh, there's nothing really wrong with you. And there's no mm-hmm. reason why I shouldn't like start a relationship with you, except that I'm just not that into it. Mm-hmm. You know, so Christian's in this position where he's just not that into it. And then her parents die. Mm-hmm. And, and then, sister. and her sister, her entire family dies. Now you're literally stuck in this relationship because you can't break up with somebody whose entire family has just died. Totally agree with you on that one. I, what was really gut wrenching for me to learn was when, um, they are asked how long they've been together and Danny says it's been four years. And I was like, oh, I thought maybe this was like a one year thing where, you know, it used to be hot. I I don't know. And I agree with you. You can't break up with someone when their family dies. You can't, you just can't do that. But four years, that's pretty significant. I just, it just broke my heart to realize they've been stuck in that dynamic for probably a really, really, really long time. Right. It makes me wonder how long they've been in the bad dynamic. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. like, did that start a couple months before her family died? Or has that been going on since like, you know, 12 months into their relationship? You know, because we can assume their relationship was good at first. Yeah. Or maybe we yeah. can't assume that. <laughs> I mean, and just yeah. how dismissive his friends are of her. And I mean, it's one thing to say, you know, and obviously you're going to support your friend. And, and there's been times where we've said like, that guy's a douche or, or whatever. But I don't know if we've 
it just the way they discuss her is so dismissive and gross and I figured that because this was a scary movie that you picked that they were all gonna die and I was like I'm okay with you fuckers dying <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I've made peace with that very early on I'm again gonna play devil's advocate <laughs> yes Danny seemed like a real buzzkill. <laughs> Touche. I'm a little (laughs) curious why she decided to tag along. Oh, no, I think it's because Pele kind of convinces her, right? I actually, I don't. That's an interesting point. I hadn't considered that Pele was the reason why she went. I assume that she just went because Christian invited her and because she's clinging and trying to save this relationship, which is the last relationship that she has because her family has died. And like we got, mm. we, we heard that there was a girlfriend at the beginning, like a female friend at the beginning, but we never mm. actually saw that friend. Oh, you're right. Yeah. She really didn't have anybody. Yeah. So that's why I thought she went mm. to Sweden was this like desperate attempt to clutch at this relationship. That is her, yeah. her last one. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a very, very good point. So they go to Sweden and Pele is gonna show him around because he was raised in like this commune and okay he says his parents died in a fire and I was gonna rewatch it but I really Mm -hmm. didn't want to rewatch it you Uh, caught that did you (laughs) yes so is is it mean what I think it means I don't know because they said that this special ceremony only happens every 90 years so I'm taking that as the ceremony where they sacrifice people only happens every 90 years. But I also had the same thought that you did where it's like his parents died in a fire. Obviously his parents were sacrificed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not sure what the answer to that is, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited that you caught that because I had the same <laughs> thought. Oh man. Well, and it just, yeah. I, so, so he's going to take him to visit there, like where he, he grew up and where his family is his brother and, and his community. Um, and it's, it's beautiful. It's out in this field. It's, it's colorful. It's sunny. And we all decide to do a little bit of drugs. It's no sunnier than Alaska. Oh, (laughs) but I mean, in the fields, it was like yellow and, and green and bright (laughs) blue sky. It was just. No, I'm just saying in the, in the, you come to Alaska in the middle of summer, you'll get just as much sunlight as you get in Sweden in the middle of summer. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you don't got to go that far. You don't have to go that far to you get murdered to by continent. a cult. <laughs> <laughs> we the got cults in Alaska. <laughs> Touche. <sighs> but yeah, so then we got we got some drug use. That's stop number one. Um, it's mushrooms. Shrooms. Yeah, I don't understand this scene and how it contributes to the storyline. I don't know either. It's obviously a part of the community. They use it in a couple other instances in the film. Um, it actually, eyebrows did make me laugh when he was kind of having a bit of a bad trip. That was <laughs> I don't funny. want new people right now. <laughs> AKA me all the time. <laughs> just, just lie down with me. Lie down with me. I hey, cannot dude. tell you how many times I've gone to, like somebody's invited me over to their house and I've gone there and been like, Oh, you have other friends here that I've never met. Oh. <laughs> it's exhausting. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think right of what, <laughs> what the purpose would be. Um, I mean, Danny, Danny kind of has a bad trip. And then she sort of falls asleep in a field and gets woken up like six hours later. And sees fucking grass growing out of her hands, which thank you for the new fear. 
Like, that was something I'd never really thought about before, but I don't like having nature grow out of people. This is new yeah. new fear. New fear I have. <laughs> new fear. <laughs> uh, but we also got, just to come bring it back around to Danny and Christian's relationship, because I think in a lot of ways this movie's about their relationship. Yeah. We had this, like, passive-aggressive support from Christian where Danny says, I don't want to do shrooms. And Christian's like, well, then I'm not going to do it. I'm going to wait to do it with you. Mm-hmm. And then Mark gets all mad about everybody not being able to do it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And Christian even says to Mark, like, well, then you should wait for us. Yeah. But then Danny feels, which I appreciated Christian saying that. But mm-hmm. then, of course, Danny feels bullied into doing it. And then Danny does the equally the passive-aggressive thing where she's like, that's fine. I'm fine. Let's just do it now. Mm, yeah. I don't know. I kind of hated all the characters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, okay. I was weirdly drawn to Pele, even though I know he's sort of like the twisted well, mastermind. He's who... sexy. <laughs> he kind of Welcome was. to my world, Jeanette. <laughs> I mean, he just, I just, when he would, okay. Whenever he would try to talk to Danny, and I know it was coming, as you can see, like, at, when we get to the end, the way his community works is in wanting to share in your pain and your emotions and your experiences. And that's what he's trying to do with her. And she, she's not there. She's not capable of sharing. As soon as he says, I wanted to tell you I'm so sorry about what happened to your family, she she puts the wall up and she's like, I'm good, mm. thanks, don't want to talk mm-hmm. about it. And he's like, no, please, like, let me talk about it because I've been through that. And he's almost like, he's almost trying to say, I need to talk about something. And she's, she's just not there yet. She can't let him in that way. And I was just like, Pele, I'll be there for you. You can tell me anything, Pele. (laughs) Wilhelm. (laughs) Wilhelm. It's a speed. (laughs) Um, So did you, that's, that's a perfect segue into a juxtaposition I love in this movie. Mm-hmm. Which is the first half of the movie is Danny grieving alone. And, yeah. you know, every time that she's upset, she runs into a bathroom. And we see that beautiful scene where she runs into the bathroom of the apartment and then she's in oh. the bathroom of the airplane. She runs into a bathroom and she's such a good transition. Such so well so well done. Beautiful. And even when Christian is holding her the night that her family dies, he's mm-hmm. holding her and tr- and comforting her, quote unquote, but he's got a thousand yard stare. Like, mm-hmm. his mind is elsewhere. He's not really present there experiencing this grief with her. Mm-hmm. And then she comes to this community in Sweden where all they do is experience each other's emotions. Yeah. Like, yeah. if one of them is sad and screaming, they all start screaming and they go mm-hmm. through it together. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's, there's, yeah. I'd love to circle back on that at the end. Just yeah, absolutely. what we feel happens with Danny and in that community. But it's subtle. It's so subtle. Yeah, the movie is incredibly subtle. You compared it to Get Out. And the thing that both this movie and Get Out do really well is that they don't really hit you in the face with the horror for the most Mm -hmm. part. Um, Near Mm -hmm. the now, granted, near the end of Midsummer, things start to get a little wild. Yeah. Yeah. But they show you as it would be if it were to happen. Yeah, sure. If this were to happen, that's what it's going to look like. That head on that rock is going to explode that way. (laughs) And you will think about it for many days to come. But Midsommar, (laughs) like, it's done. It's bright sunlight. There are no scenes in the dark for the the most part. Like, there's that one scene where Josh is in um, the temple and it's a little dark in there. 
Mm-hmm. But this, a lot of this movie, the vast majority of this movie is filmed in bright sunlight. And there are just little things throughout this movie that are just slightly off. Like they're yeah. just slightly wrong, but they're not horrifying. They're right. just a little wrong, which doesn't – things that are a little bit wrong don't trigger human beings' fight or flight response. But they put us Ooh. on edge. Like we're on a razor's edge to be triggered into that realm. But they just mm-hmm. don't take us over that edge. Yeah. And it's it's a long, suspenseful, uncomfortable situation. Yeah. And it makes me think a little bit about, you know, like the girl with the dragon tattoo, how – the, uh, the killer in that one talks about because people feel so compelled to be polite. You know, that's that's kind of how he gets a lot of his victims. It's like, it'd be rude to to Oh my God, yes. An invitation. And that's one thing I, I thought of from it'd this. It'd be rude I, to interrupt this beautiful yes. ceremony that we believe in. Why it'd are you screaming? It'd be rude to turn down the drink that you don't know what it is that's being given to you and stuff like that. Like it, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and you're also supposed to be respectful of all the other cultures and not necessarily challenge or judge their traditions. Right, because this is a cultural of literal murderers. And mm-hmm. there are still moments throughout this film when I'm like, these Americans are ugly Americans. They're being so disrespectful right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And then there's moments where I'm like, you guys should say something. You should do something. I mean, it's, it's a fascinating psychological... Uh... <sighs> I don't know what I'm trying to say, but the the bystander effect that kicks in with a lot of this, you know, like when the, when the actual ceremony, I know we're about to talk about that soon, but when the elder ceremony starts and it's Connie who is screaming and saying, what the hell is wrong with you? Connie and Simon are freaking out. Danny and Christian are just sort of like still in shock or mm-hmm. processing, but Connie and Simon are like, no, we're done. Like I am, I am leaving. The attestupa. 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 So what Um, happened? Do you want to tell us what happens in the attestupa? (laughs) Okay. Well, what I saw. (laughs) Oh, that's uh, right. Did you even watch the scene? Should I I relay the scene? I'll just, I don't want to hear it. So I'm going to say it because I don't want (laughs) to hear you say it because I don't really want to know. (laughs) And So it's these elders. There are two of them in particular in the community if you're over the age of 72. And they climb up to the top of this cliff and everybody in the village is waiting at the bottom. And it seems like it's going to be this great ceremony kind of honoring them. And it's a man and a woman and the woman steps forward and kind of like holds her hand up to the sky. And then she willingly plummets to her death head first hits a rock head explodes explodes and that's when i was like oh damn i you definitely want to go head first if you're committing suicide off a cliff so good job her so as soon as that happened i was just like oh no 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 and then aaron is like what the fuck so then the old yeah man, Aaron, me too <laughs> the old man comes forward and i had spied in the in amongst the villagers there's a guy holding a huge ass hammer and i was like that dude uh, that is, is there a cudgel a cudgel <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a, it's called a cudgel it's a real this i'm, I'm gonna talk about this in the real lore section this whole ceremony's real no <laughs> anyway so the man walks up to the cliff edge no. And so I knew we had a guy with a hammer for a reason. And I was like, and then, it, okay. 
And then the old man steps off the cliff. Like an idiot. Like an idiot. And so that is when I stopped and I covered up the screen. I closed my eyes and then um, I know something really gross happened and he did not uh, die instantly. So some of the village members, um, he's... He's clearly in pain. And so the villagers start to (laughs) kind of scream and writhe and cry in pain as well. And then uh, four village members take that cudgel and uh, make sure that uh, he is dead by bashing uh, his face in. double tapped, if you will. They double tapped and triple tapped and quadruple trapped. (laughs) So... Yeah, that's uh, that's the scene, and um, they don't hold anything back. And I even looked up about the prosthetics and how they did all that, and it does not make me feel any better. <laughs> so that's what happens there, and it's just normal. Then they go about their lives. There's no reason to be upset. It's a it's a beautiful celebration of their life, and now they're going to recycle their life energy, and it's, you know, they don't want to be a drain on community resources, so they do it. They volunteer this, and whew. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently, I'm just going to go ahead and say this part, <laughs> rather than saving for the real war. Um, apparently... Atustupa uh, is used satirically now in Sweden um, as a way to argue for better social security. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I specifically read about this radio show host who was like, uh, we need to treat our elder people. But I can't I don't know the exact thing he was arguing for politically, but he was like, otherwise, what are we going to do? Go back to Atustupa? <laughs> 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 that's intense man i uh, i just i just kept thinking they were gonna cut away you know and they they yeah. don't um they, we'll they... do hereditary at some point because it's by the same writer director oh and... no everything i read about this was like from the twisted mind of the director and writer of hereditary and i was like no 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 hereditary I... might be more your speed though because it's demons Okay. Demons don't scare me. So actually, yeah. that means I'll, I think I'll enjoy it a bit more. Yeah. So I think I like, between these two, I think I like Hereditary a little bit better. Okay. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that because I don't like this movie. I like Hereditary and I don't like this movie, but they're both equally well made. <laughs> exactly. But it's well made. So you also have to appreciate it, which we do, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do um, want to say something about the Atustupa scene. Mm-hmm. Just like a g- more general horror movie point. So in horror movies, there's often a point of no return. So like that moment when characters realize that they are, in fact, in a horror movie, quote unquote. Mm. And it's likewise the moment when shit gets real for the viewers. Mm -hmm. So this scene was definitely that point for the viewers, for us Mm -hmm. people watching it. Um, And it was also that point for Connie and Simon. Like Connie and Simon were like, oh, shit, I'm in a horror movie when this happened. (laughs) I'm piecing out. (laughs) Yeah. But for the American tourists, so Danny and um, Christian and their friends, it mm-hmm. wasn't that moment. Right. And I'm actually not sure if any of them ever fully realized their horrifying situation. So Josh and Mark were killed before the whole thing could fully dawn on them. Right. Danny was kind of indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. And Christian did fully realize what was happening later in the movie. And we'll, we'll get into all that later. Mm-hmm. But we don't, we didn't really get to experience his reaction to it because of the drugs. 
yes. that are so prevalent in this movie. So that's something I find really interesting is that point of no return, the way it was treated in this movie. Mm, yeah. So that being said, you are a tourist visiting mm-hmm. this town in Sweden. You have the privilege to visit this comedy in Sweden because that's how I would see it. I'd be like, I am so fucking privileged that I've been invited to this private community in Sweden. I get to stay here for a month and experience a special ceremony that they have. Like, mm-hmm. I would be thinking I was privileged. So you're mm-hmm. there. And then this happens. What do you do? I'm probably pulling a Connie and Simon. Oh, at least I hope I am. Okay. I would be so traumatized from this. Because I'm still a little traumatized just from watching the movie. Um, (laughs) So I feel feel like nothing would prepare me for actually having to witness somebody die um, in any way, shape, or form. So... I would be horribly traumatized from that, but I also would feel compelled not to judge and to give them, like, the respect of their culture. So I'm probably just going to lie in bed for the rest of the festival (laughs) and just lie there indefinitely. (laughs) I hate to say this, but I I really think the like the philosopher and the ac- the secret academic inside of me because I mm-hmm. tend to call people academic twats and be very judgmental of people who like get too involved in their academia. You're but perfect. I also <laughs> But I also have like that academic inside of me who I was like I was literally just saying to Nettie before this podcast that money and morality are social constructs so we shouldn't care about them. So like there's a part of me that I think I would just be uh Josh in this scene. Yeah. Like, I yeah. think I would just be cheating. I'd be like, this is fascinating. I respect your culture. Let me ask you some questions about these rooms. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Whew. So then after that scene happens, there's another um, important scene between Danny and Pele, I believe, at this point. Where he obviously finds her and she's sort of like, Whoa. we don't we don't know what she's thinking. It is it does do a good job of like, you know, when Danny is like feeling sad or anger, but you, you're not so in their head. It's not there's not a ton of dialogue from her as to what she's feeling. Um, so you're oh, kind that's of an interesting to, observation. I didn't I even notice sort of, that. I didn't either. I just sort of realized it as I was saying it. Probably because um. <laughs> she's been punished for expressing her emotions by her boyfriend fuck that was just a truth bomb right there (laughs) Um, i'm sorry though what were you saying no that was so good uh so so she i don't know what she's feeling she's obviously upset but i don't know how or or to what extent yet um and pele's trying to talk with her and i don't at first i thought he was making a move on her and maybe he was but the more he tried to talk to her and really connect with her to me the scene changed from one of like sexual um tension and intention to genuine connection and wanting wanting to make sure she was okay i think you're definitely right um about that that he i think that pele in a weird way, is a genuinely good, kind person. And I say in a weird way because his culture seems so shocking and so um, yes. depraved to us mm-hmm. from the outside what they do to people. Yeah. But an, I do think that he was a genuinely kind, caring person. 
I also I also think he wanted to tap that ass. <laughs> they would make beautiful babies. They would make beautiful babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, you're yeah. There's definitely more to it there. I mean, he, he when he's he draws that picture of her. Oh, I forgot he gives her for her birthday. Oh, and then he, he goes her- and tells dummy Christian that it's her birthday, so Christian can make a little fucking jerk off effort. <laughs> There's a little bit of like sabotage there. <laughs> oh, you do you think that was intentional on Pele's part? I, I thought know. he was trying to help out. I mean, he could have been, but to me it's like that's like the classic nice guy, you know, like he knows Christian's going to fuck it up. Oh. He kind of already has. So, by him telling Christian, she knows that it's really Pele behind the motive and he gets more brownie points. Mm. So he like comes out looking clean in both situations. Oh, oh! Look at you, criminal mastermind yeah, over there. Come on <laughs> to you guys, and you know, thinking with your ding dongs and whatever. <laughs> well, this was a fucking long con though, because I, I genuinely yeah. think that. So Paley says to, um, oh God, now I can't remember who he was talking to, but somebody asks about incest. And they explain that they have to bring in outsiders. And that was definitely foreshadowing for what happens to Christian later. Oh, yeah. It but was I... Christian asking the old dude. Because it was when oh. Danny went up to him to try to talk to him about um, Connie was left by Simon. And he's like, oh, that sucks. So do you guys ever have a problem with incest here? Like... Oh, that's right. Because that was one of those weird scenes where Danny's just kind of staring at christian like she knows something like he's thinking something depraved and she can sense it i'm just sitting here i'm like i don't know what's going on i wish somebody would say something out loud yes (laughs) can i get a thought bubble please because like how is how is christian supposed to react to simon left connie it's like okay we don't know them they're strangers right right (laughs) I, i don't i don't understand like did they have a fight did we like is this supposed to be shocking I've only seen Connie in, like, two scenes, and... <laughs> I could see you and I having a conversation like that where I'm, like, trying to talk to somebody, and you're like, Julie, Julie, some tea just spilt. You know, the Con- Connie, Connie's fiancé just left her. I'm like, okay, Jeanette, I'm, like, talking to somebody. You're being hella rude. Like, <laughs> yeah, but, but, Julie, you don't get it. <laughs> her fiancé left her. <laughs> that truck thing is such bullshit. The whole, it only fits two people. I'm and... sorry. Does this truck not have a bed? I'll ride in the bed of the truck. That's fine. Yeah. Well, will we always follow dogs? The do it all the time. Here, like no <laughs> ass wipes. No that that part to me almost took it like a smidge too far. Um, because she's she's very rational. She's like, I would have sat in his lap. I would have done this. I wouldn't. Well, we we follow like laws of the road. It's like, well, you got no problem doing drugs and doing. <laughs> but a bunch are shrooms legal in Sweden? We don't oh, know. I have no idea. I have no idea. This movie has killed any desire I ever had to do shrooms. Yeah. I don't like being out of control in my body like that. No. So I actually was having almost like anxiety by proxy of the film about what it would be like to do drugs. Like, or not, not do drugs, but to be on this type of trip that, that they were experiencing. Like when she's, um, the, the May Queen and the flowers are like pulsing and the food on the table is sort of moving slowly. I mean, I'm just like not nope, into nope. it. I'm not feeling good. And I didn't even I didn't even do anything. I'm just trying to watch the movie. And I don't feel good. So the next death 
So there's this like weird magical book mm-hmm. <laughs> inside a temple. And Josh wants to go and like take pictures of the book, even though he was told not to because he's a dick. Yep. And now we've got this weird pissing contest between him and Christian because now they're both going to do the same thesis on this community. Oh, my God. I think I was more offended by Christian stealing his topic idea than by anything that happened in Christian and Danny's relationship. It was it was obnoxious the way he had just been saying in the car. I have no idea what I want to do. And then he comes in and is like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this community. And it's like, you little cheater, liar, little wimpy noodle. Yeah. It fucking it. He's like, I, he's like every person who goes to grad school because they didn't know what else to do. They didn't want yeah. to get a job and they didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. And they, I, that's why I would kind of forgot that he was a grad student. When he comes in, he's like, I know what I'm going to do my thesis on. I was like, oh, do you even know what a thesis is? <laughs> like, oh, damn, good for you. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so so Josh is uh, sneaking into the the temple, I guess, or whatever that yeah. doing is that's holding the sacred book. And I actually skipped an important scene uh, where Mark pees on an ancestral tree. Oh, shit, you're right. Oh, right, who the we gotta... fuck does that? Like, who the fuck walks 30 feet from his... And I'm just... I'm in a community that presumably has designated pee spots. Yeah. But I'm just going to pee on this fucking tree. Yeah. So, on the one hand, there was not a sign that was like, this is the ancestral tree They don't need of... a sign. They have a hundred people <laughs> living in this community. <laughs> well, I just meant more like, okay, I am not defending eyebrows. It sounds I'm... like you're defending eyebrows. No, 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 no. I just, I am not defending eyebrows. I did feel throughout this film that they are, they are knowingly welcoming outsiders and there is some stuff they do a good job of kind of explaining and helping and then there was a lot of stuff where you were just left to figure it out on your own which Mm. would be incredibly stressful for me and I did notice them putting the ashes of the elderly people at the base of the tree I would not pee in public like that I mean really (laughs) you couldn't go an additional 30 feet into the woods or use a bathroom like Mm -hmm. a civilized human being. Um, But I have to admit, I didn't think Mark was aware of how disrespectful he was being. If he wasn't aware of how disrespectful he was being, he should have been. And like, it's not even necessarily the peeing on the tree that I find so repulsive, even though, like I said, it doesn't make any sense. Like, fine, there's a, there, I'm sure that they have, like, port-a-potty type situations where right. it's like, this is where you relieve yourself. Yeah, you would have to be, to be in hygienic society. Exactly. So I'm sure they had that. But it's not even the action of peeing on the tree. He pees on the tree, everybody freaks out on him, and he's all like, how was I supposed to know? It's just a stupid tree, so what? Yeah. I'm like, Fucking just apologize. Just go like, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. I'm so sorry. I'm right. filled with regret. Like, just fucking apologize. I, I agree with you there. And wh- how does he, this is again, is he a grad student? He like, must be, because what are they hanging out with an undergrad for? I don't know. He just seemed, and I know they're meant to be a little bit of like stereotypes, and obviously not every scholar is going to be ethical and good and intelligent but he just came off as the dumbest box of bricks i just i don't know i didn't get why he was there yeah that was him and christian both i was like you guys are grad students you guys are working on master's theses 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Maybe so, I'll do that in my spare time too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> in between um, beer bongs. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we did do some of that in law school. We were a pretty good team, if I recall That's, correctly. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, beer. You're thinking beer pong. Sorry, I was saying beer bongs, like when you oh. hold the thing above the head and like chug the beer. Oh, but I heard beer no, pong. No, yeah. You and I <laughs> murdered at beer pong. Oh. Oh, dear. <laughs> We were oh, so good. <laughs> I know. If only my skills were as useful now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so that guy, one of the guys is 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 horrified and keeps staring at Mark and um, <laughs> mean Mark. Marcus. And Mark was consistently rude though. Like Mark made fun of the food. Yes. He was, like he was consistently an ugly American. Yeah, this was just icing on the cake for for him. And he gets let off by this girl who's kind of had her eyes on him for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just going to show him something. Uh, do you think she fucked him before they killed him? Spoiler alert, no. they kill him. No. No, you don't? You think they just no. killed him? Well, I guess they do want outside blood, which is what's just going to happen with Christian later. Yeah. But... Uh, I guess she was kind of looking at him before he was peeing on the ancestral tree. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know either. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I'm already thinking ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Josh is in the temple with the magic book and he thinks that Mark is coming in. But it turns out it's just some dude wearing Mark's face. It's Ruben wearing Mark's face, I think. No, no, no. (laughs) It's, um, it's Ulf. It's the guy he offended. Oh, what I'm laughing about is that Ulf is wearing a shirt in Mark's face and nothing else. <laughs> Can we agree that shirt only is the most upsetting form of male nudity? Well, and I'm not going to lie. I was so shook. I couldn't comprehend exactly what was happening. Because you're just like, surely that's not a man wearing nothing but a shirt. Well, and he was like standing there kind of like, And so at first, I was like, oh my gosh, they Theon Greyjoyed him, you know? (laughs) And then... But where are his pants? Well, I couldn't couldn't tell. It was shadows, and I got confused. And then the... He He was just Winnie the Poohing all over. Winnie the Poohing. (laughs) And then, at first, yeah, it's it's Mark's face. I didn't I did not realize it was someone else wearing his face. I got I got super confused. I thought maybe they cut his tongue out or or something. Mm. I I just I couldn't process what was happening. And then once I realized later what it was, I was like, oh, oh yeah, no. that was some fucking Leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre God. shit. Yeah, and they had just before that he he was like, oh, what are the, what's the game that those those people are playing? They're like, oh, they're playing Skin the Fool. oh man i love it (laughs) and then yeah and then so josh is taking pictures gets caught and then gets whacked over the head um and do you think he's dead at that point there's a lot of blood um when they drag him away but i guess we don't know the way head wounds bleed if he didn't die right then he died very quickly after i would say yeah. My professional I mean, medical opinion is that he I died mean, very quickly after that. He's he's kind of lucky because that also was a pretty, pretty big tame. rule break. <laughs> pretty pretty tame death, all yeah. things considered. <laughs> Comparing to peeing on a tree, <laughs> and then yeah, I don't. 
I don't get why Christian, but okay, yeah, we'll get there. So, <laughs> um, and then yeah, then we have the um the maypole competition between all the women in the village or the the young women, um, and they all have to take some tea or a drink before they go, and it's it's which is more drugs, more drugs, and so again, I was oh, so dizzy in this scene, and <laughs> and they just whoever is basically the last woman standing after doing this fun long dance while fun, intoxicated. <laughs> Um, um, you know, is, is pronounced the May Queen and Danny wins. Yay, Danny. Yay, Danny. <laughs> she did pretty good, but she did pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Um, if I was Danny, I don't like the spotlight and would have hopefully not been the first person to get kicked out, but I don't think I would have stayed the whole dance at some point i would have been like this is their thing i'm an outsider i shouldn't like taking be taking this away from oh i would totally if they let me compete i'm competing (laughs) to win (laughs) we do know this you take no prisoners (laughs) that's why i only like playing the um the co-op games with you (laughs) that's fair Um, but I was surprised when she wins, they are genuinely so delighted and elated that she won. Because indoctrination. Uh, it, it just, it made me feel kind of warm and fuzzy because I, I did. My heart just kind of broke for Danny throughout this film. She's so, not that I was like rooting for her necessarily or connecting with her. I just felt so sad for her. Absolutely. Were you rooting for any of the characters? I really don't think so. I was. Ask me who. Oh. Uh, let me guess who. Okay. You were either rooting for Redhead or <laughs> Maja or Wilhelm. <laughs> nope, you're wrong. I was rooting for the bear. <laughs> the bear! Oh! Okay, mini side note because I was really sad that the bear died um, and the things that happened to the bear. But when... <laughs> guy is asking him is that a bear and he's just like no he, no he doesn't even say is that a bear he goes are we gonna talk about the bear and then yeah. the guy goes ingmar goes it's a bear it's a bear <laughs> i was like okay then Fuck so you, I, ingmar. Forgot about the bear. <laughs> oh my god i'd be so mad if that had been me where i'm just like can we talk about this bear and he was like it's a bear i'd be like you goddamn fucking smart ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ring bearer. <laughs> and um, then he just changes the topic. And I'm like, are you, what? No. So we're really, we're really not going to talk about the bear? It was really funny because everyone's wondering it too. And then just like, it's a bear. It's a Next. bear. And you're like, okay, I don't have you're a like, choice. Are we having a language barrier here? <laughs> a barrier? I don't know. Nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, so while while Danny's thing is happening and she's sort of having this internal victory within herself and the exhilaration she's feeling with the other community members, Christian is separate from that. He kind of like stumbles in near the end, gets handed some spiked tea as well. Which he and... then tries to turn down. Yeah. Which I find interesting. Mm-hmm. 
and and he takes it and and during this film there's been a redhead named Maja who is Pele's sister is that right well, I mean, they're all his brothers and sisters in the sense oh. they were raised in this commune. Touche. So, um, uh, and she has taken a liking to Christian. She's slipped a love rune under his bed. Gross. Um, oh, she's uh, spiked some food and drink of his. Oh, yes. We now know a magical Swedish love spell, everybody. Menstrual mm. blood and pubes. God. The perfect combination. <laughs> Oh, whatever happened to like poetry and I don't know. I mean, that flowers. only works in the ladies. Oh, gross. <laughs> and but yet something I do think that actually it's not like you're it's not an uncommon narrative in certain cultures or mythologies. Menstrual blood and pube is not an yep. uncommon narrative. Mm-mm. <laughs> it's definitely like a thing. That's where women have their power. And it's ooh, yeah. I mean, but, I'm real proud of my vagina, but I don't want my power to be in my vagina. <laughs> um, but so, yeah. So while that's going on, Christian gets the drink, which a great point. He he tries to turn it down and it's not. I thought at first it was being offered by the redhead and it's not. It's it's another woman in the village. So, you know, just, yeah, very interesting there. And then he kind of gets pulled away. Wait. No, first she gets, first she starts having their, their big May Queen festival. He's tripping. It's not going so well. Yeah, he's tripping balls. Balls. And then there's like a lot of subtleties um, in the, in the film with both Danny and Christian where the flowers in her crown that she's given are pulsing in and out. Um, she starts to mm, see. Didn't the, like that. Oh, that just all, just all the new fears. <laughs> the new, I just felt nauseous. I just it just ooh. Um and there's apparently a scene when she's standing on that platform as they carry her in the background apparently in the trees is her sister's face. Ew. I what? I didn't catch that. Yeah, I'll send you the screenshot. I didn't I didn't catch it. I, cool. I caught, caught it when I was reading about uh behind the scenes on the film. So just lots of visuals you got to both keep your eyes out for, but also, you know, if, if you get, got me a little motion. Sick. I feel like you're circling around the scene that you just don't want to talk about. Oh, I don't know what scene that would be. And then, you know, the end of the movie and it's all good and they fly home and tra la 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 la. And nothing <laughs> terrible happens to Christian at all. He and oh, Danny hey. have an amiable breakup. Mm-hmm. The bear mm-hmm. is set free. And <laughs> yes, to roam the Swedish wilderness. Yeah. So so Danny is is taken away to bless their harvest and their crops and their animals because she's now their May Queen. And so she goes off and does that. And while that's going on, Christian gets pulled aside. Mm. And he's being taken to Maja. And he's been selected as um, an approved mate for her, a good match based on their astrological signs. So, you know, yay. That's a that's a good <laughs> way to... It's just like, go open up to the scene, it's just like the hot dog thighs. You know what I mean? Like, where people are like, thighs are hot dogs. Are they thighs are hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. And they... But they give him another... Um, 
they tell him to inhale this this thing in a pot and they're like if you if you inhale it it's for your vitality and so again there's another use of of a of a drug or or an agent i don't know what its purpose was and he's led to a barn where julie is going to take over <laughs> uh so we see he goes to the barn we see maja's hot dog thighs hot dog thighs hot dog <laughs> thighs uh she's clearly like just laying there naked like spread eagled herself um on like some flowers though Oh, yeah, that's romantic. Uh, Maja's a virgin, which makes the whole thing creepier. Mm -hmm. Because she seems very, like, predatory throughout the whole movie with the way that she's pursuing him and, like, leaving the stuff for him and putting her pubes in his food. Yeah, she's Um, a woman who knows what she wants. And apparently it's Christian's D. But also, like, is she a woman or is she a child? Because... So, I think she's supposed to be 15 in in the film because that is the Swedish age of consent. Then but she's a the, child as far as I'm concerned. The actress is technically 20. Okay. But, well, that yeah. makes it 7% mm-hmm. better. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Christian goes in there and he has sex with her, but she's surrounded by like middle age naked women. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, we're all so much more than our bodies, but, like, none of these women are hot. Like, these are not the women that you want to see naked. Like, I mean, and I just can't help but think that that was also intentional. Oh, yeah. For <laughs> I sure. I mean, like, because there, there are so many gorgeous women in this movie, and none of them are in this scene. They're all off with Danny doing Mayflower Queen shit. So it's just, <laughs> it's just interesting. Yeah. Um, so he's like having sex with Maja and there's like weird chanting. I don't even mm-hmm. fully know how to describe this scene. There's like weird chanting and he's going at it. And eventually she, I guess is over it. And she's all like, Oh, finish. And yeah. this woman comes up and puts her hands on his butt and starts like pushing <laughs> to like, help him thrust. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think that that's going to help you finish. Um, I don't know. Like I, I can't help but think they gave him some sort of like, they gave him some sort of drug to like po- like yes. keep his erection. They had to of because I yeah. just can't. I just don't believe that n- none of this would have killed his erection. I <sighs> I had a really so yeah, and, and and part of this scene too that's gonna then as we juxtapose to when Danny comes back. Um, you uh, this was where I really started to understand the community sharing in the experience. You know, as Maja is is breathing heavily and and making certain noises, so do the other women surrounding them. And Mm. they all sort of seem to be doing this together as a collective. And so that's when I was really like, oh, wow. And then we're going to juxtapose that with the scene that Danny's going to experience. But I, at first I was thinking Christian is a douche. I don't like him. But... Is this ritual sex or do you think this is rape? Oh, this is rape. This yeah, is not I consensual. I like they agree. heavily drugged him. Yes. Yes. They gave him a drug and they told him specifically what that drug would do. Like the first one, she hands him the drink. She says something about it melting his reality. I can't remember the exact line. That yeah. She and that um, um, like lowers your defenses. Yes. And so like, yes, she told him what the drink would do. He tried to reject it. She encouraged him to take it. But I feel like to say that that makes it not rape is like being like, well, if a girl gets drunk and a dude then takes her home, that's not rape. I believe 100% that Christian was raped. Yeah. I don't think there's ever, I mean, he notices that Maja is kind of 
looking at him and but whatever. he never pursued her exactly even when he's brought into the hut of that older woman and she's like you've been approved as the match i mean he doesn't exactly say sorry i'm spoken for mm-hmm. but he doesn't seem excited or like oh no or try to follow maja around the corner now that danny's off blessing the harvest like none of that he's he's literally given his prey yeah yeah yeah, and just I, and that's what part of why I said too. Like I think that whatever smoke they gave him to, also kept his erection because mm-hmm. he. I don't even feel like watching that scene. He looked like he was enjoying himself. Mm-mm. Yeah, and then afterwards, when it's when it's done, he seems, and it seems like the effect has worn off. He seems horrified and terrified. Absolutely, his poor pink cock. <laughs> was not prepared for that (laughs) i don't it was so pink and he was desperately trying to hide it (laughs) i have a really good film fact about that too that will that i'll make you wait for is it how they got his cock so pink because no i'm I'm desperate to know (laughs) i did not read anything about that (laughs) well here i'll I'll tell it to you now because we're we're in that scene and it'll make the most sense so um all right let me hold on you gotta give me a second to find it Okay, so um, after that scene, Christian was actually supposed to run away in the robe that he had entered with. Um, they give him kind of like a white a white robe with, I would assume, his runic names on there as well. And Jack Rayner, the actor, himself suggested that Christian should run out completely nude to appear more vulnerable. And also more upset. Yes, he was inspired by having recently watched the 1972 Last House on the Left. And like many films in the horror genre, female characters are disrobed, humiliated, and or assaulted before their demise. He felt it was due time that male characters be made to suffer similar indignation. Oh, that's like hella cool of him. I know! Um, Okay, so then Danny returns from her okay so this one is very interesting this scene i i felt things with so she returns from her mayflower duties and overhears some sounds Mm. um some animalistic procreating sounds coming from the barn and one of the women she starts to walk there and she's like what's going on in there and she goes that's not for us and i feel like for the rest in in the rest of the film whenever they were told something like oh you go in there and this is for women only and you know hey christian this woman wants to see and talk to you civ wants to talk to you that they never questioned it and this is the first time danny questions them she was told this isn't for for us like you're not meant to see this and she persists and she she goes and she witnesses Christian with Maja um, and becomes completely upset and is able to make it to the sleeping quarters where she completely breaks down and, again, just just sobs and wails. And all the women that have accompanied her on this May Queen journey um, surround her and hold her and start wailing and crying and breathing with her. And it's, it's kind of an odd scene, 
But I also found it oddly beautiful. Well, it's the first scene that we have Danny grieving and upset and is receiving true comfort and true empathy. Yeah. And she, you can see that realization come that she's, at first she's like, what are you guys doing? And then she realizes like, we're in this together and they're here for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. it's a safe place for her to express those emotions. Like you said, she's been bottling up and we haven't seen expressed since the beginning. Um, And in the beginning, she had Christian comforting her, which was the equivalent of, you know, the wire mesh monkey. Yeah, there was no there was no empathy from Christian. Like, yes, he was there holding her, but he wasn't experiencing her pain with her. Yeah. And then she just hit her pain after that. Right. Whereas she's openly expressing her pain and she's openly receiving that pain back, but mm-hmm. in like a way where it's like, we're, we're with you. Yeah. Yeah. Validating it. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that, that was, that to me was very fascinating. I, I just was like, fuck, this is a good movie, even though it's fucked up and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, so then uh christian final ceremony oh man yeah so we find out the fates of all of our friends (laughs) (laughs) uh so it kind of just is revealed that this is the purpose of this whole thing is human sacrifice yeah what was it uh four outsiders Uh um four people from the community and then one person chosen by the may queen yep so so we reveal that simon and connie are dead Mm -hmm. simon we recently found out about (laughs) connie had never been confirmed um we now confirm that connie is dead she it turns out she was drowned because her um body looked a little bloated like she had been uh drowned in the water and then it turns out from a deleted scene in the spe- in the full director's cut that there was a similar drowning scene with something else so simon connie um josh aka cheaty is one of them and then mark is also dead so there's your four outsiders yeah, and then we have we have two dead community people who have already been like stuffed. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if we ever saw them be selected or Okay, yeah, and then and then two volunteers. Yeah, who seemed pleased to volunteer. Uh which volunteering though seemed like a better gig because they got a drug that supposedly numbed them to a lot of yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Until one of them caught on fire and then that was different. Yeah. <laughs> There's I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> uh, Danny is told that she can choose to kill Christian or some random name that was selected from the little spinny ball, the lottery ball. Yeah, I thought when the, once they did the ball, I was like, oh, there's a little less less choice going on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she can't just kill anybody. Also, she's like in a full like flower like pile yeah it's like it's like something lady gaga or somebody would wear to the met ball it it just from her but she doesn't even like have any arms no it's just just, it's just she's just a half a ball of of flowers (laughs) it's really pretty (laughs) is it i don't know i thought it was she's just a head on a ball of flowers (laughs) 
She could weigh 600 pounds under there and nobody would know. <laughs> you don't know what she's got going on under there. No, it's all a secret. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then and then my understanding of when they when they draw the name from the community members um, of the person who the May Queen gets to select between that individual and Christian, uh, it's a rando in my mind. It's not somebody I was familiar with. No, no, at least not in any significant way. Yeah. I, and then you don't, you don't see what she chooses. Obviously you find out fairly quickly, but they do not show her decision being vocalized. So again, near the end, Danny does not have a lot of dialogue and Christian does neither. So you really have to pay attention to really figure out what they're trying to convey uh, which they do a fantastic job of acting wise. I would have kind of loved, but then it would have taken away. It would have looked a bit too love triangly. I would have been very curious if it came down to Pele and Christian. Yeah, I I still think Danny would have killed Christian. I agree, um, and I think that not because she was punishing him for cheating on her, though that that might have been an element of it. But I think Danny was cutting ties to all of her old life. Yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't have said it any better. Yeah. So, so spoiler alert, she... Danny, kills, Danny kills Christian. <laughs> and Christian doesn't die right away. <laughs> no, Um. so they, they kill the bear, hopefully in a painless way. It didn't yeah. look like the bear had any, like, outside injuries. So hopefully yeah. they just, I don't know, poisoned it or something. Yeah, we don't, we don't see it. All of a sudden there's just a big dead bear and they're kind of doing like a bear autopsy or something on there yeah they like open up the bear's stomach and take out all of his organs Mm -hmm. and then i think they just like slide christian in there like i think the bear's like his rib cage is still intact oh my god it was so disturbing yeah that was like and Mm -mm. sew him back up so he's just in a bear suit um Which is interesting because the Vikings used to wear like bear, like full bear skins with the head and stuff. And they like, those were like the berserker Vikings. Oh boy. But this was, this was a little bit different than that. Oh, this just kind of made me think of, remember in American Horror Story, Coven? Oh, the Mm -hmm. bullhead. Yeah. I mean, this is again one of those moments where somebody just wearing an animal like that is, is just, is just wrong enough. Like, it's yeah. not to the point where, like, if you saw somebody, like, wearing a bear suit like that, where you'd, like, be like, I have to run away because I'm going to die. But it's wrong enough that you're like, I don't, I don't know how to deal with this. Yeah, there was just something incredibly disturbing about that. I don't know why that realization for me. I just, oh. And then they, they take everybody and place them in that big yellow triangular building that, they weren't ever supposed to go inside and um, you find they bring in all the other bodies as well, but it's, it's just their skin. Mm. Um, they've except for been, the two volunteers, except for the two volunteers. Yes. Thank you. Um, so like, yeah, just, just everybody's kind of skin has sort of been like propped up like little puppety scarecrow type things placed Whoa. around new fear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 None of this is is pleasant. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then the two volunteers go inside, and then Christian is set in the center, still paralyzed. I think that he can feel. 
Like, just from the implications. I would assume so as well. You just, it, it, it's just, it's just a twisted enough film that, of course, he's gonna feel. But, interesting thought with the two volunteers. So, that is, it's Ingmar and Ulf. I did not know that. I looked that up. And, <laughs> and um, so, when they give them this yew tree sap from the yew tree or something like that resin when they give it to them they say feel no pain feel no fear so part of me was like oh so you do get rewarded for being a volunteer but (laughs) when they light the temple on fire it's interesting because ingmar looks at ulf with fear and ulf looks back at Ingmar and starts to scream as the flames envelop him. There ain't enough drugs in the world, though, Nettie. Come on. Well, so that's, (laughs) that's the question is like, is that what it is? Or is it that it's a lie? Like the yew tree can't do anything. I don't think there's anything mystical about this movie. I think this movie is just a group of people living in their superstition. Yes, but meaning like um like when they give you the sap or whatever it was of the yew tree that that in and of itself is a lie. It doesn't actually do anything. Are you are you suggesting that the sap of the yew tree is the drug they were doing the whole movie and so no. everything was a lie? No, 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 no. But just that um there's there's just this moment where they look at each other as if like it's not working and they said it would. So is th- has their entire society been lying Oh, so their to them? deaths are a lie is what you're, in the sense right. that they were like, what did we sacrifice ourselves for? Kind of, yeah. Like, does it symbolize like a greater lie or is it just that like there is not a strong enough tree sap out there to protect you from burning to death? My atheism runs so deep that this didn't even occur to me. I'm just like, <laughs> of course it's a lie. Like... <laughs> Of course your magical tree sap doesn't protect you from feeling pain as you're being burned alive. Very very fair point. (laughs) Yeah, and that's actually, that's a really great point. I said to to Aaron as well when you mentioned mysticism is there is nothing supernatural about this. No, I don't think so at least. It's entirely based in, in human beliefs and actions. And then that's, that's the end. So... Well, it's not quite the end. Danny's oh. dancing around outside with all of her oh, sweet yes. peeps. Thank you. And they're all that. screaming because they're all acting like they're being burned alive. And Danny's screaming and participating too. And then she stares at the fire and smiles. Yes. And that's the closing scene. Thank you. So mm-hmm. what do you think happens to Danny at the end? Oh, I don't think. I fucking know that Danny <laughs> stayed in this commune yep. and made beautiful babies with Pele. Ah, yay. <laughs> no, so I, happy I, ending? Question mark, I, I, question mark, question mark? I mean, I guess so. Like, <laughs> she, yeah, this is a fascinating one where, where she becomes immersed in the culture and... And indoctrinated. Miracle. She was indoctrinated. Mm, Yeah. So my law is don't do drugs with strangers. (laughs) (laughs) That is brilliant. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Mine, I feel kind of ironic saying because I didn't even watch the scene. But if you're going to opt out, 
aim for the rock and don't go feet first. (laughs) I love it. Okay, now let's have some like, just like some boring ass film facts that'll help remind us that this is not real and it's just a movie. And (laughs) Uh, that's what I'm going to be thinking about 10 p.m. tonight when it's still sunlight outside. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so um, so I have seven film facts of varying degrees of length. So the first one is the film location. It is set in Sweden, but was actually filmed mostly in Hungary. And for the U.S. scenes, they filmed in Utah. The film rating was originally, the MPAA gave it an NC-17. Surprise, surprise. Because penis? (laughs) Um, I'm not sure what it was. um, Spread vagina in that picture of the (laughs) menstrual blood. I mean, I don't think I rented the director's cut, so I'm, I'm really afraid. Basically, in order to drop it down to an R, I wasn't too concerned with finding out what they had to do. Um, <laughs> um, Aster had to cut approximately 30 minutes from the film. Ooh, and, and so, this is a long film anyway. Yeah, and so that's available in the director's cut. And so some of those things I did... Um, see snippets of were there is a scene where Danny and Christian actually do kiss because something was pointed out that they actually never kiss in the entire film. Um, so that was taken out. There is one other additional scene that happens at night that was taken out and something involving a boy and the lake and drowning, um, which is how you're supposed to make the connection to Connie's death is was taken out as well. Film fact number three. Nope, your movie subtitles did not glitch. It was intentional <laughs> to have the Harga Swedish dialogue not be shared with the audience so as to create that sense of isolation for the non-natives of the audience. Hmm. Um, and then some cool facts just about the director and, and then the prosthetic makeup designer. Um, Ari Aster actually does have a fear of ticks, like the character Mark. That's eyebrows. So he kind of gave, gave eyebrows one of his, uh, very real fears. He wore like two layers of socks, um, while filming and things like that. And then for the effects of the bodies for the old people um the prosthetic makeup designer was ivan poharnock i'm not sure how to pronounce that he is a protege of makeup artist dick smith who actually did the exorcist and the effects that are used now are they make a cast of the actor's body the mold is done using a realistic silicone rubber and then some 3d printing effects for accuracy the hair is added on by hand and we are talking eyebrows eyelashes head hair arms legs all of it is still done by hand and then for like the old man's face that was actually a mechanical uh head because to create a puppet head mannequin head it would take about six weeks and they would need several of them because they're going to do the scene a couple of times so they ended up building a face that would mechanically collapse and then reform using the mnemonic cylinders they put inside 
Ooh. <laughs> um, and then the hardest prop to work with for them was apparently the bear because it had to be used in several different stages um, where the bear is alive and then the bear is there with all of his organs. And Wait, was that not a real bear? I mean, I know that they didn't kill a real bear, but in the cage that was a real bear? I would, oh, I would assume it was... Um, I didn't look up whether he was real, but whatever bear they used for that, whether it was CG or an actual animal, they would have to then emulate as a, as a prop. Oh, yeah. So they would still have to mimic the bear. And then, so then they have the bear with organs, bear without organs, and then Christian inside the bear. So they were trying to make it like all consistent. Film fact number five, we have some cultural differences. So Swedish critics found the film funny and praised it as an excellent black comedy. If you are good at dialects and accents, Harga is, which is located in northern Sweden, the characters are actually all speaking with a southern Swedish accent. The release date just missed the actual midsummer in Sweden and came out just a few weeks later, so that was a bit of a shame. And there is another Danish cult classic called Midsummer, M-I-D-S-O-M-M-E-R, from 2003. But besides the name, there is no other correlation. Number six is about sunlight. As we talked about, the film takes place almost entirely in daylight, but there is no actual shot of the sun there are only two night scenes. The first is when Danny's sister and parents die in the very beginning. And then when Josh sneaks out to take a picture of the sacred book, there apparently are more in the director's cut. And then the last one is on the significance of the number nine. This one is kind of a fun list. So Danny in the beginning calls her parents and she's leaving a message. And before the scene cuts away, you see the voicemail um, tick up to the number nine before it cuts away. Midsummer has nine letters. I don't know if it can only be so intentional. Um, The (laughs) ritual takes nine days, nine lives are to be sacrificed and then within Ooh, the Oh, it happens every 90 years. Exactly. There are a multitude of even numbers dealing with the number 9 within within that ritual. So 9 9 times is an two. odd number. There no, hold on. So like 9 times 2 and then I'm going to do 9 times 4, 9 times 6, 9 times oh, 8. Oh, I see. Yeah, I was sorry. like Nettie, you're so stupid. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll cut this part out for you. It's <laughs> embarrassing. Um, so yeah, it's it's nine times multitudes of even numbers. Um, so nine times two is eighteen, the year that marks the end of your childhood. Nine times four is thirty-six, the year that marks the end of your youth. Nine times six, fifty-four, which is your age of maturity. And then nine times eight is 72, which is the end of life period within Mm. the community. And nine times 10 ritual is performed every 90 years. And supposedly this comes from the myth of Odin, who is the king and father of all Norse gods. He's the equivalent of Zeus from Greek mythology, if you're more familiar with that. When he hung upside down for nine days from Idrisil, the tree of the world, in order to bring knowledge to the world, creating Futhark, the runes language. Okay. That's all I got. I liked it. 
And I didn't want to go too far into it because, like I said, this movie gave me the heebity-jeebities. So there (laughs) could very well be more. (laughs) Yeah, the spook spook. So if you know more, please let me know and I'd love to hear it as long as it's not gross. Well, my lore section is going to be a little brief. I just going I'm going to talk about um, some Viking traditions that might have inspired the film. I'm afraid <laughs> you probably should be. <laughs> and one of the reasons why I went Viking with this is because this is clearly a pagan group, mm-hmm. and so I think that they probably were inspired by some of the same practices the Vikings practiced because the Vikings were pagans. Mm-hmm. And also, we have at the beginning of the film, or near the beginning, when they first arrive in Sweden. And Mark is being a douche, and he's like, why are Swedish girls so much hotter than our girls? Like, right in front of Danny, like a fucking dick. Like, oh, sorry, Danny, you're not as hot as the girls on the sidewalk. Yeah. (laughs) But then Josh says, like, well, Vikings went out, and they kidnapped all the hottest babes and brought them back, and that's why they're all hotter. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that was meant to, like, kind of bring our minds to Vikings a little Mm -hmm. bit. I agree. (laughs) And then, of course, what happens to Simon? Nothing. Nothing. A ritual called the Blood Eagle. Oh, gross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So modern scholars debate about whether this ever actually happened, and I'm going to talk about the Blood Eagle in more detail in a minute. Do you have an adult <laughs> beverage, Nettie? I do not. It's probably for the best. <laughs> well, you should probably maybe just take a deep breath. <laughs> okay. Okay. So there are a lot of accounts of Ivar the Boneless, who is a son of Ragnar Lothbrok. People who are fans of the his, History Channel's TV show, The Vikings, will recognize that name. Okay. So Ivar the Boneless apparently committed this act on several of his victims. Mm. And the reasons for the Blood Eagle are twofold. It's an offering to Odin, who Nettie already talked about. Mm-hmm. But it's also a punishment to honorless individuals. And there's a pretty compelling argument that the details used in these ancient accounts of the Blood Eagle prove that at least one of them was performed. So here's what the Blood Eagle was. The victim, a.k.a. the honorless individual, Mm -hmm. the victim's hands and legs were tied to prevent escape or sudden movement. A Viking would then stab the victim by his tailbone and cut upwards towards the ribcage. The victim is on his stomach, so he's stabbing him in the back, cutting Mm -hmm. up towards the ribcage. Each rib is then meticulously carved away from the backbone with an axe, leaving internal organs on full display. Nettie, this happens to you. Are are you dead yet? Oh, I'm dead. I'm willing myself to opt out. I don't know. What about this would have killed you? Everything. I don't think any of this would have (laughs) actually caused you to die. (laughs) Oh, you're still alive. What about blood (laughs) loss? Wouldn't it happen really fast? I don't know. Maybe gravity's keeping all of that in. Oh, (laughs) gross. Uh, The Vikings would then literally rub salt in the wound at this stage. Oh, fuck. (laughs) And then they'd remove the lungs and spread the skin to resemble a pair of wings. And that is why it is called a blood eagle. Oh. Ew. Ew, <laughs> ew, ew, ew. So in the film, when we find Simon suspended and it looks like he's still breathing. He is, in fact, still breathing. Oh, why did Simon get such a harsh punishment? That is literally what was going to be my next point I was going to make. It's interesting because... Vikings didn't just do this to everybody. Like this, let's let's agree. This is physically um, 
vigorous for the torturer <laughs> in addition to the torturee. You have like, to be really committed to hating this person. <laughs> exactly. This is not something you're just going to do to everybody. So that's why they saved it like for honorless individuals. Like probably one of the most famous victims of this um, by mm-hmm. Ivar the Boneless was he killed King Ayla of Northumbria mm-hmm. by committing a blood eagle on him. And he did that because Ayla threw his father, Ragnar Lothbrok, into a pit of snakes. And Ragnar died a horrible death by these snakes, not by Ayla's actual hand. Mm. Which, So I think they would have treated it differently if it had been something like hand-to-hand combat and he had killed Ragnar. So I'm curious why Simon was the honorless individual that that deserved to be blood-eagled. Right. As As opposed opposed to to Josh or Mark. Yep, exactly. If you're going to use that, do it to Josh. Sorry, Josh. Yeah, because well, Josh betrayed their trust. Right. Like, he told them that he wasn't going to fuck with the book, and then he went and fucked with the book. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Viking pagan ritual that also reminded me of this movie was the blot sacrifice, which was an offering to the gods around every solstice, mm-hmm. um, but it was an animal sacrifice. They didn't sacrifice people. Mm-hmm. But then another ceremony that was a detailed by Adam of Bremen in the 11th century, so... This is a very old historian as well. (laughs) He wrote about the Vikings and he talked about a tradition practiced in Uppsala, Sweden, every nine years Ah! at the beginning of spring. This ritual lasted nine days with a feast and sacrifice every day. There were nine sacrifices on each day for a total of 81 sacrifices. So not the even number multiplication, but still interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Each day they sacrificed a male human and eight male animals. Sorry. Sorry, bros. (laughs) The bodies were hung from trees in a sacred grove that was next to the temple in which the ritual was carried out. This tradition was practiced to honor Odin and secure victory in the coming year. Although they normally sacrifice criminals or slaves, they once sacrificed a king um, because it was a time of extreme famine. Uh. And so finally, uh, Atastupa is a real Swedish folklore, though, again, like all of these other things I mentioned, historians question whether it was actually practiced. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just like portrayed in the film. It was a scenicide where elderly people would commit suicide by jumping off of precipices. And so, like, they were willing, you think? That's what I got from the folklore, but it reminded me a lot of the folklore that we had that we talked about in the forest with Ubasute Mm -hmm. where they sent the elderly people in the forest to die where it's like are you just leaving them there are like there are they willing to do this is this actually self-sacrifice yeah and is there not like a kinder way to do it it doesn't involve right a big rock (laughs) 30 feet below (laughs) yep oh man damn that's all I have for the real lore. <laughs> that is so intense, though, that the Blood Eagle and the Atastupa is just semi-real and not just some twisted dude's imagination. I don't feel okay. any better. <laughs> well, um, maybe some games would make you feel better. Yeah? Okay, yeah. Right. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm too polite to object to our sick, twisted culture. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're, I'm going to start with some would-you-rathers. Okay. 
Would you rather, in your old age, experience <laughs> at, at Tastupa or Ubasute? Oh, my God. <laughs> you sick, twisted little co-host. <laughs> I don't see a reality where I would be able to jump off a cliff i am horribly terrified of falling to my death that's like one of my like visceral fears so i'm gonna have to have my ass dumped in the woods it's gonna be worse but i can't i I don't think i'm strong enough to end it quickly that's fair that's very self-aware i'm gonna atch a stupa the shit out of this i'm not starving (laughs) to death in the woods And then you can haunt me as my own Yuri. (laughs) (laughs) Full circle. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, next one. Would you rather attend the last party in Urban Legend, the last party in Scream, or the festivities in Midsummer? Oh, man, that's a good one. Okay, Uh, point of clarification, counselor. (laughs) Um, uh, Am I... At risk, like, so if I attend the Midsummer one. Oh, you're a main character. Okay. Okay. Shit. (sighs) Sorry, it was Scream, Midsummer, and Urban Legend. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Urban Legend, no. Because, and obviously I'm not making a choice. Like, I don't know that, like this is going to be my last party. So right. You're just a person there. Yeah. So, so urban legends, frat party, zero interest, no way. Um, urban or excuse me, scream. Uh, if it was a close, it was a group of close friends, maybe, but honestly, I would probably be super attracted to this unique opportunity to go experience like a cultural festival. You know, like when Aaron and I went to Oktoberfest in Munich, it was obviously nothing like Midsummer, but <laughs> but it was like this. We were just like, oh my gosh, we have this opportunity to experience this amazing, um, you know, cultural tradition, and and we wanted to be a part of it and immerse ourselves. So I'm probably picking Midsummer. Yeah, me too. Oh fuck, <laughs> we'll die together, or maybe we'll survive together. I mean, we might have a good chance of surviving. Uh, yeah, know? we're not ugly Americans like every other character that died in this movie. Well, not every character. Some of the characters that died were Swedes, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, and it's it seems like they would want they would welcome people who embrace their their ways, and I'm I'm easily persuaded. So. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm like, they might be able to indoctrinate me. It's, yeah. it's nice to feel validated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And then well, what's your, what, I have one, I have one would you rather, but what's your last one? Would you rather spend the winter in the Overlook Hotel or the summer solstice with the Midsummer group in oh Sweden? Oh my God, you just, ah. <laughs> oh. Oh no, no, no. One's only nine days, but it's really crazy. And then one's like three months, but. Wait, what's your answer? I'm going to winter it up in the Overlook Hotel. Okay. I'm going to do that too. Yeah. Because I genuinely don't know. <laughs> that's a really, really good one. Okay, that's going to put my last would you rather to shame, which is. Uh, so, Julie, would you rather have to eat the pie with the pubic hair 
<laughs> or <laughs> drink the, I, I'm assuming it's some type of tea or lemonade with the menstrual blood. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, this is a nasty. You're grody. It, I know, but like I, I realized it in slow motion in the film, like because we saw the tapestry, so we knew something nasty was happening with that special pie she was making off to the side, and then of Lacey, really, she's like fumbling around, um, and then with the glasses, everyone else's in the entire uh, bench has this yellow looking lemonade, and his is just off-colored enough to look like strawberry lemonade. Nobody noticed. But we know what's in it. Uh, uh, um, is there just one pubic hair in the pie, do you think? I don't know. We only see Fuck. one, so let's assume one. Okay, then I'm gonna then I'm gonna eat the pie. But if the pie is filled with pubic hair, there's like twenty pubic hairs in there, then I'm gonna drink the lemonade. <laughs> yeah. Like I, that's <laughs> I, I I have the same logic as you. <laughs> but yeah, I was just I was just I remember watching it and being like, oh no. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Super gross. Okay. I have a new game. <laughs> I'm so afraid. Okay. What is this new game? <laughs> it's only you playing, and it's called Guess That Tagline. <laughs> okay. I don't know what it means, so, but okay, tell me. I'm going to tell you a horror movie tagline. You're going to guess what horror movie it goes to. Oh, crap. Okay. All right. Let's do it. And I've got – I'm going to start off with some softballs for you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. In space, no one can hear you scream. Uh, alien? Yep. Phew. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Let the festivities begin. Oh, that's Midsummer. Mm-hmm. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. We're going to play this game more than once. I need to get okay. some sort of celebratory noise. <laughs> Stay on the path. The forest. Yep. Whew. You're doing so good. Okay. <laughs> Be afraid. Be very afraid. It's got to be a slasher. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Ugh. I'm going to guess Halloween. It's from The Fly, the 1980s Fly. Oh, dang. Okay. That was a hard one. I just thought, yeah. That's a good one, though. No, no, it's good. (laughs) Sometimes dead is better. Sometimes dead is... Oh, fuck, I know this one. I know you know this one. Oh, oh, um, okay. Sometimes dead is better. Oh, 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 um, 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 cat, Stephen King, help, words. You're, oh my God, you have it. It's there. You're right. (laughs) Pet Cemetery. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen King, cat. (laughs) The things, you know, with the things. Okay, you're okay. halfway done, and so far you're four out of five. Okay, doing so good. Okay, okay. <laughs> Evil loves to party. Evil loves to party. Huh. I don't know that one. Oh, it's House on Haunted Hill. I know. Wait, You've is that, that the one, one? But it's been a while. Is that the one with, um, oh, Jeanette, use your brain. Tim Curry? 
and Famke Jansen. Yes. Think, okay. Cool. I think Tim Curry's in it. I, I think so too. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. They're like the okay. Yes. Yes. I know which one you're talking about. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. It came out in like 1999. Like I, an older one. But I it's love a fun those one. ones. Yes. Yeah. I love those ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who will survive, and what will be left of them? Who will survive and what will be left of them? Um. Oh, fuck. Um, um, fa- Leatherface, uh, Texas Chainsaw. Oh my god, you're doing so good. <laughs> Do you like how my brain works? Like my thought train? <laughs> yes, I like it. I'm into it. I can't believe how good you're doing. Oh, I'm sweating so bad. <laughs> Even nice people can go to hell. Oh, oh, um, I know that one. Um, 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 drag me to hell. Yep. Okay, yep. Just because you're invited doesn't mean you're welcome. Oh, um, part of me wants to say that's the would you rather, but just because you're invited doesn't mean you're welcome. Shit. I don't know this one. Uh, you haven't needed any hints so far, so I'm going to give you a hint. It's a, it's a very recent movie. Okay. Just because you're invited doesn't mean you're welcome. Okay. Not not us. Not that one. That wouldn't make Well, I'm not giving you any more hints. Ah! <laughs> uh, ooh, I don't know. Just because you're invited doesn't mean you're welcome. Oh, it's okay. I'll, I'll let you give up if you okay. want to give up. I give up. up. I'm opting out. It's get out. Oh, damn it. Okay. Yeah, that we even talked sense. about it in this movie. <laughs> Done. In this episode. Okay, last one. Okay. You've done nine. You've gotten six out of nine right. You're doing so good. Okay. You're, you're a champ. You're on top of it. All right. Check in. Relax. Take a shower. Oh, um, is that Psycho? Yes! Woohoo! Look at you, you got 70%. Ah! We'll do better next time. And now, this is a good game. Ooh, this is a really good game, Julie. I thought that'd be fun. (sighs) That was really good. And now it just makes me want to watch a bunch of movies. (laughs) Right? Um, Which is a good transition for me to tell you what my pick is that I figured out like two hours ago. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what is it? I'm excited because I don't even know what it is. Okay, 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 okay. I'm going to go with Skeleton Key. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a solid pick. Yeah. Okay, guys, so if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could go ahead and give us five stars and maybe maybe review, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah. It would mean a lot to us. Yeah. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at Lawn Horror Podcast. Twitter at Lawn Horror Pod. We have a Facebook page, Lawn Horror Check out our website, lawnhorror.com. Send us an email at lawnhorror at gmail.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail at 909-666-0159. Hey guys, never drop your weapon. And don't forget to double tap. Musical fade out.